Um, okay, this is the uh, intro for the podcast. Blake, do you hear that? It's the sound no. of it's the sound of movies. <laughs> the sound of a, another year coming to a close, baby. And that means we gotta do our we gotta do our wrap-up show. You know what I mean? Yep, we're gonna talk about our favorite wraps. Number one, chicken Caesar wrap. Oh my god. Number two, freak a leak by PD Pablo. <laughs> Anyway, hey guys, this is the Silver Screen Fiends Podcast. I'm your host, Sam. And I'm Blake. And uh, like we said earlier, we're wrapping this whole shit year up. But the good news is there were some pretty good films. I, I was I was pleasantly surprised. Definitely more so the second half of the year. Like the first yeah. half was like, eh, things would trickle and here and there. But <clears throat> like it even took me- just, yeah. It took me a while to even remember what came out this year, which I say pretty much every year. But this year, especially, it was like movies that came out this year. I was like, that was this year. I know. It feels so long ago. I know. But um, even just in the past few months alone have been like some of the stronger ones for sure. But um, uh, anyway, we're coming back at you after the holidays. I, ho- I hope everyone had a nice holiday. Blake, did you... Uh, did you get Kino in your stocking? I did not, but I but I did watch Kino. Mm. Yeah, I ran through like my three hundred holiday specials. <laughs> yeah, felt like a marathon. I did. Oh. Uh, I finally watched that new cut of Krampus right before Christmas. Oh, what'd you think? I am not entirely sure what was different about it. <laughs> so, it was. I guess it was good. I, I don't know. I I've, I had to look it up afterwards, and they they only like extended scenes. They didn't really add much, mm-hmm. but it was still good. You know, good Christmas watch. I'm glad I bought it for the cool uh, cover art. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, um, I didn't own Krampus yet on on Blu-ray, so since I didn't already own it, like it was fine. Mm-hmm. But if I already owned it and then I bought this, like expecting something new and like improved, I would be kind of upset. Well, you know, you know what Krampus does when you're upset, you know, gives you milk and cookies. <laughs> he spanks you. He'd be spanking. <laughs> um, I, I, I kind of so a lot of my recently watched ended up being some 2021 features. Um, I just want to say real quick, though, I finally sat down and watched Anaconda with my father yesterday. And. Wow. <laughs> now i like i'm someone who always enjoys a uh, a good monster flick i mean i can't even really call it a monster movie but it it was first of all what the fuck was john voigt's accent <laughs> it was like i've heard really shitty accents from actors <clears throat> this had to have arguably been the worst one i've ever heard I, I don't even know what region he was supposed to be channeling for that. <laughs> like, like, who was he supposed to be? Ethnic. <clears throat> yeah, pretty much. Ethnic. Um, yeah. And then, of course, uh, we have J-Lo, who at this time, I think this movie was 97. So at this time, uh, she do be Jenny from the block, but 
<laughs> maybe, maybe you know, st- stick to your rom com, sister. Uh, and then we have Eric Stoltz, who is basically in a coma the entire movie, and uh, and Owen Wilson, and Ice Cube, and it's actually kind of crazy how star-studded the cast is for this movie. It's um, and then I know that there's like three other spinoffs, but I didn't have fun with this one. I thought I was gonna have a lot more fun with it, but the snake ended up being kind of lame. <laughs> Who would have thought? I know who would have thunk in 1997's Anaconda the snake <laughs> would be that it would be a little bit disappointing. Yeah. So, but yeah, like I said, everything else on my recently watches was either holiday stuff or we're probably going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. So um, we each made a top 10 list and we have our honorable mentions and then yeah. I'll, I'll reluctantly bring up the ones that like, I can't even believe got made. So, <laughs> um, I guess we could just each start with our top number 10. All right. So uh, do you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Uh, my number 10 spot was a very difficult one because there were a lot of movies that I wanted to have on here. That's why I did the honorable mentions. But I put Last Night in Soho in my number 10, which is the uh, the new Edgar Wright movie. I finally watched it. Didn't get to see it in theaters, but I rented it at home. And uh, I liked it a lot. It was fun. It's got a good mystery, like at the core of it, and uh, so like I I always enjoy a mystery. It keeps you engaged, and it wasn't too long or anything, so it was fun. I liked it. So um, I think we touched on this last time, didn't you? Say it's supposed to be like a psychological horror because I have no idea what the movie's about. Yeah, it, I went into it thinking it was more of a horror movie than it was, and it's definitely not. It's got like supernatural elements to it, but it at its core is more of like a mystery. It's almost like a, like a Gothic mystery. Maybe if, if that's a one way to describe it, it's like without spoiling anything, like there are supernatural elements that are guiding the character along in figuring out a mystery. Mm. Interesting. So yeah, it's not necessarily horror, but hard influenced. Well, I haven't seen it still. <laughs> yeah, and that's, a, that's the thing. So I guess it's not on your list. So that's the thing with this uh, list is like, for what I chose, I'm happy with. But then there were still some like licorice pizza that mm-hmm. I haven't seen that like slipped yeah, through the same. cracks. Yeah, there were a lot that I just didn't get the chance to see. I didn't see licorice pizza. I didn't see French Dispatch. Um, I haven't watched Don't Look Up there's a lot that I haven't seen. So if it's not, if I don't mention it at all, it might just because I straight up didn't see it. Exactly. And there was, there was a lot more than I thought. Like I, I kept, I kept up um, relatively well with new releases, but for as much as I watched in this year, like there was still, cause I remember just looking around for research purposes, like what people put on their lists and there were like top 10 lists with like every movie on it i hadn't even heard of so i was like (laughs) wow it really like puts in perspective how much shit is out there (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i feel that way too like i I saw all the big ones but there's still a couple that i missed just because i'm a fake fake fan Mm. fake kino fan well why would you be a real fan of something that sucks you know <laughs> Sorry, Jets fans, you know what I mean. Um, so <laughs> my number 10 was low-hanging fruit. My number 10 was the Suicide Squad. Uh, that is on my list as well. Much like you, I really, really wrestled with this number 10 spot. Yeah, that's um, always the hardest spot, is 10. Yeah. One is I, easy. Um, 
this will be on my honorable mentions, but uh, I was going to put Godzilla vs. Kong there. Um, That's on my list. Because it was very close to being on my list. Like, when I tell you it hurt me to not put it on my <laughs> list, because I'm a huge Godzilla fan. Um, and, of course, I like Kong, too. But uh, but we'll, we'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But Suicide Squad, um, I'd only seen clips of uh, the one that shall not be discussed. Uh, I have seen that one. Because I, I wanted to avoid that, like the plague. Yeah. Um, Good call. I, I never particularly had much interest in in that team but when i figured out james gunn was doing the new one i was like oh yeah give give me that because i because at least i like gunn you know i would want to see like his approach to it and it's very much his approach it's very much a james gunn movie yeah and overall i i had way more of a blast than i thought i was gonna have with this movie Mm -hmm. i genuinely had fun i saw it twice I you know I, I I usually don't watch many movies in such close proximity to each other, but like I actually first of all I for once enjoyed Harley Quinn in something that wasn't the animated series, yeah, um, <laughs> which, which which you know was astounding to me because I just I'm just so sick of the portrayal, and I I never thought Margot Robbie was a horrible choice, um, but it is in this movie that I really saw that character shine. Mm-hmm. And I really Did you see Birds like of Prey? I can't remember if we ever talked about Birds of Prey. I, I that's one of those that like people said, oh, you should actually watch it. And I just never watched it. I, yeah, because I, I think this and Birds of Prey are the two like best Harley Quinn movies. So definitely yeah. recommend it. Yeah. And so there's always been potential with the character and to see it actually come through in this movie is great. I love the scene when she's going down that corridor and the flowers are spouting out as she's killing guards. Um, That was fucking great. Uh, and every, everyone else did a great job. I, I liked Peacemaker being a complete asshole <laughs> blinded by his own mission. Um, Idris Elba killed it because it's Idris Elba and he's incapable of not killing it. Um, obviously, King Shark was the best character. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just like overall... I just had a really great time with this and I figured it needed to be somewhere on my list. Yeah. I had it in my number seven spot, so not too far off, but um, yeah. yeah, I loved it too. It was like one, of, it was one of the few comic book movies that was just really different. Like it doesn't feel like a DC movie. doesn't feel like a Marvel movie. It's very much like its own thing, yeah. which I appreciate. And I think they need to do more like that moving forward and i honestly think they should just stop trying to make like dc universe movies and just like keep just let james gunn or whoever you're going to bring in after him if he's since he's kind of like gone back to marvel but just keep making like fun suicide squad movies i don't need i honestly don't need superman batman aquaman at this point it's been so like done that i prefer this i agree i think they need to take a break from all that and and focus on shit like this um yeah because there's proof that it can work <laughs> mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah proof of that i think i think most people probably have this on their top 10 because i saw pretty much like universal praise for this movie yeah um i just i really had a good time with it um and and i, I know that they're doing that um that uh peacemaker show yeah which uh i'll be interested to see that yeah, I'll uh, watch it. I don't yeah. always love when they do like a TV show spinoff 
of a movie. A lot of the times it's like, just make a movie, I think. But we'll see. The Marvel yeah. shows have been good, so. that Yeah, that's true. That's, yeah, I, I'm willing to give this a shot. Uh, yeah. Because it's John Cena, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I guess uh, that brings us to number nine. Yeah, you want me to go first? Yeah. So I had Mortal Kombat in my number nine spot because I had to have it in my top ten because I loved it. And um, I didn't I this one was it was but I mean, for the most part, like the second half of my list is not really in a strong order. But yeah, I knew this one had to be on there. Um, I loved it. I know it was kind of like mixed re- mixed review kind of movie, but I thought it, it it did like so much fan service in a good way that wasn't like distracting. Like everything that I wanted to see as like a fan of the video games, I feel as though I got. And um, the action scenes were cool. The character design was really cool. And it was just fun. It was a fun action movie, which they don't make a lot of nowadays that are not comic books. So seeing like a fun, like o- almost like superpowers, but not like, uh, fighting kind of scenes you don't you just don't get that very often so i enjoyed it yeah and that's another one that um i unfortunately made the decision to leave off this list i mm-hmm. really really enjoyed it it's just that every other movie i had watched just did something a little bit more for me but yeah. um as a big mortal Kombat fan there was a lot here i did love um my only exceptions would be cole which like I know he yeah. was only <laughs> included in the script so that audiences could relate. Like the studio literally said, "You either you put a character like that in this movie, or we're not making the movie." Yeah. So like I understand that. I just didn't find him particularly interesting. Uh, number two, I don't know. I, I, don't get me wrong. I love Rico, and like in Mortal Kombat Four, he's one of my favorite characters. But what was his design choice? Like that is not Rico. Which character is that again? I can't Rico, remember. Rico. So Rico in the movie is the one that's he's big. He's got the hammer. He's oh, okay, I think okay. he's bald. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like that is not Rico. Like, <laughs> I was confused at who that was supposed to be. Yeah, um, but other than that, everything was great. Kano, the guy who played Kano. Yeah, Kano was great. Like he was fucking funny. <laughs> um, that is literally Imagine. like if you had to rip a character from the game and be like make this as close to that character as possible that guy did it um seeing the ball in it was cool molina's design was all right i I mean the action was badass regardless i think it was still a really good time and there's like you said there was something for fans to enjoy i had somebody on my timeline talking about how from a quote-unquote lore perspective they were disappointed and i'm thinking like what do you mean yeah, I mean, like, yeah, obviously the movie is not going to have all the lore that 25 years of video games had. But yeah, it's, it's like you, you, you kind of, you know, what it is with a lot of video game movies and there's not many good ones. So I, I say this, take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. But a lot of people, I think, want too much out of a video game movie that they're obviously not going to get because a game can just just contain so much more content. That like you kind of got to take what you can get, and I thought Mortal Kombat did a good job of like, like expressing the the like soul of the 
game series without necessarily like following it step by step to a T from the direct story of the games. And so I feel like with how many bad video game movies there are, that's like a, that's pretty good to get. Whereas like, you know, some of them just shit on the, the games completely. Yeah. Um, then that's very true. And I think another movie that seems like it's going to do that is Sonic two, because yeah, watching the trailers and seeing the poster, it looks like they're going to explore, um, more of knuckles history uh like it looks like they're going to tackle a little bit of sonic 3 a little bit of sonic adventure so it actually to me i'm surprised at that decision and i think yeah with moral combat you get the basic story elements you'd expect like the inclusion of Liu kang and kung lao and and the sibling struggle and then you have jacks getting his arms torn off it's so like there was things that and of course you had goro so it's like there was things that you were included that were important, but I think um, people might not want to be looking too in depth at a fighting game, movie right? And I, I kind of, I definitely agree what you said about Sonic. Like that's kind of what I want more out of a video game movie. Like kind of like bring it all together into one. Like you don't have to just like be like, okay, we are adapting this game into a movie. Like Mortal Kombat has such a big like universe, just like Sonic does. That it's like take the elements that you need to like make the story good and like please the people who know, but you don't need to write the script based directly on the on the game itself. Yeah, I agree with that because unless you plan on doing a series of movies, which might might not even be justified in the first place, yeah, then then you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be leaving out the potential. You're basically just stifling yourself. Yeah, um, any adaptation of anything has to leave things out for the sake of the fact that it's a two-hour movie. Yeah. So, yeah, no, Mortal Kombat, though, very solid. I I really, really did want it on my list. It was like <laughs> it was like between that and Godzilla and one other. Like I was it was like neck and neck and neck. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, solid choice because I was yeah. I was quite shocked at how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. So what was your number nine? My number nine is James Wan's Malignant. <clears throat> Mine is my, I have Malignant much higher. <laughs> I, I would, again, I would have had it much higher, but, you know, there were some that did it way more for me this yeah. year, but I was, um, I was shocked at how cool this ended up being. Um, at, Cause at first you think it's like a, Oh, by the way, obviously we're we're going to go into spoilers for all these movies because like yeah. there, there's no way to do this without doing it. <laughs> um, but Malignant, it, at first you see, you think it's like Gabriel is uh, somehow psychically linked to her, and then you find out that it's actually a parasitic twin. And at, at first, I was a little bit afraid that this was going to take itself too seriously. And then instead we get, it does quite the opposite. Instead, <laughs> it becomes like pretty a nice homage to campy horror, and it and it has uh Gabriel taking over Masson, and there's like that whole prison break scene where like the the action sequence in that movie They're is crazy, delightfully yeah. gory. It's um mm-hmm. and it, it it's kind of what I really wanted out of this movie, and it um and like i said it didn't take itself too seriously and i i really like the whole terrifying reality of it is 
is abundantly clear, but it also is just like silly at the same time. Uh, yeah, I really it, like, like found the, that balance so well in a way that's very difficult to do. Yeah, and it, it just every and and the that you wouldn't think in a movie like this, but some of the shots were beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like when they're when they're panning out the road and you see like the castle or close-ups of Madison, like talking to our therapist, like there, there's a lot of scenes in this movie that I was like, they have no right being as beautiful as they are. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people forget how good James Wan is because they get so hung up on like the conjuring movies, which are great like well-directed movies it's just they're they're very like trope filled and they've kind of like set the standard for like big studio horror movies nowadays but james wan's a great director and he's made some incredible movies and this one is one of them like he i thought he just did a, such a good job visually and like keeping the tone right which is so difficult in a horror movie because there's there's so many that like they want to go for that like campy goofy kind of thing and they either take it too far or take it too seriously and it just never works and this one is like balanced in such a way that's very very hard to pull off yeah um that is yeah james Wan really is it, it, for sure is a visionary it's one of those names where you're like oh yeah james Wan, james Wan, and then you realize he did saw insidious like there's <laughs> there's a reason you did a movie like this so um yeah it, it was fucking phenomenal i i really liked malignant yeah and i i also i i think that this movie doesn't feel like a comic book movie but it feel felt like a comic book like directly to me like almost like one of those like gritty like 90s comic books that like vertigo would have published of that was just like some weird obscure character and that's what it felt like to me like all of the violence was very like comic book and the story the imagery like the opening shot is literally like that menacing building on like a hill with lightning like a cartoon and i I just thought it had so many great like images that could have been pulled like directly from the panel in a comic book yeah it it really it really did feel that way and i um i i just i it was it was definitely one of my biggest shocks of the year like because i didn't know anything going into they said go into it blind yep and i was just like wow that was not what I was expecting at all. <laughs> yeah, I I did not know anything going into it. I would definitely suggest if you have not seen it, if you haven't already looked up a bunch about it, don't look anything up. Just watch it. It's better that way. Yeah, for sure. Most that's movies are. Yeah, that's definitely the way to go. <laughs> um, yeah. So overall, Malignant definitely definitely deserved to be on this list. Mm-hmm. For, uh, I, I I think. Yeah. Um, I think it should one, be on anyone's list. <laughs> it's one that has already found its like cult following. And I think for years, it's going to be a popular like cult horror movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's our number nine. How about we move on to eight? Here, eight is where I have Godzilla versus Kong. Like I said, the second half of this list, the order is not as important for me. And uh, Godzilla versus Kong, I just had a lot of fun watching it i love the like legendary monster verse and it was fun to finally like see these i feel like we've been waiting for this movie for a while and uh i liked a lot of the like weirder stuff they added to this because they go into like the hollow earth stuff and there's like this other like world where all these monsters are from it got very like like 70s sci-fi kind of stuff which i appreciated because it to me 
felt like a callback to the original movies that also throughout like the Godzilla series get into all this weird like space stuff and other monster stuff that is a lot of fun. And uh, like the first Godzilla, the first uh, legendary Godzilla was definitely a much more serious movie. And I think this one, they're finally kind of letting these movies be fun and action packed like they should be. Yeah, for sure. And uh, like you said, and one of the reasons I really like this movie is because it's it's almost like a callback to Destroy All Monsters, which is my favorite Godzilla movie. Um, Because you do have those sci-fi elements. You do have some of the other legendary monsters coming into the fray. Um, Mothra, my mommy. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I I, like, of course, I, I, my one complaint is I want to see more Godzilla, but I understand. Yeah, I understand why it's a Kong movie and they kind of start to delve a little bit more into his ancestry. Um, So I understand the decision to not include more Godzilla, but like just as a diehard Zilla fan, I just wanted yeah. to see. And more. I feel like every Kaiju movie I've ever watched, I feel that way. So I, I tried not to hold it against this one too much. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, overall, um, again, I, I was expecting to like it less, but like you said, you know, they're having more fun with it. And that final, that final showdown was, fucking intense uh it was you you really were not sure what was gonna happen yeah yeah it's true like you don't really think about that but like nobody it's kind of hard to predict like who's gonna win quote unquote and i thought it it did a good job of keeping you like guessing kind of yeah so that's yeah and i really now that we talk about it now i'm like shit i want it on my list (laughs) but but for sure honorable mention like this was fun yeah yeah it's a fun fun movie yeah and um and it makes me want to watch uh i have that massive uh criterion set makes me want to go back and watch some of those uh criterion i love you but please next time make box sets that could actually be somewhere it's like (laughs) it's like a big kid's storybook it's like a flat story it's really cool though like all the artists that contributed to that because each one um like they hired an artist for each movie individually and it's really cool looking at all the art but yeah godzilla this was fine and of course once again i don't go into these movies for the human plot i don't care you know i'm not gonna judge it based on that because i don't care yeah i remember my dad being like oh my god this millie bobby brown shit like was she yeah. sad in her family? It's like, <laughs> all right, but like, listen, you tune so that many out. people. Yeah, so many people. Tune that I out. Think, like, who cares? Yeah, a lot of the criticism of this movie and the previous one, uh, King of the Monsters, I think were people who didn't really like get kaiju movies and like a stupid human element to the story is like basically part of the genre at this point. So it's yeah. like it's like watching a slasher movie and being like, why are there all these stupid teenagers? Why are they so dumb? like yeah that's like the point <laughs> exactly um, and especially these ones too it's like yeah they millie bobby brown is in the movie a bunch because they are trying to use her to sell the movie <laughs> oh of course yeah and it's like i don't think they put too much effort into her story <laughs> nor yeah. did they need to. i don't care yeah I, I don't i do not care but yeah it was a really really a really fun blockbuster i yep. think it was good at what it did yep. all right so what's your number eight my number eight is The Power of the Dog. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I've been hearing a lot about it, though. 
Yeah, so directed by Jane Campion, and I watched it. I, I think it was, um, in addition to Netflix, I think it also had a theatrical run. I watched it on Netflix, of course, because I like my life. And um, uh, I, I saw the cast at first, and I was a little bit skeptical, because all I knew is that this was like um, like a Western melodrama. I, I wasn't sure what to really think of it, but uh, when I saw Benedict Cumberbatch as one of the uh, leading men, uh, he plays Phil Burbank, who's one of the brothers. I was skeptical because I not and obviously Cumberbatch is talented, right? But we've seen him in all these other huge roles, you know, in all these popcorn flicks that sometimes when you're trying to do a movie that that deals with the real life terror of humanity, you kind of aren't sure what to think, but then someone gives them a chance. And in like in this movie, I, I was like, wow, he did a phenomenal job. Um, and Jesse Plemons was good, too. He plays his brother, George, uh, who ends up falling in love with Kirsten Dunst's character, Rose, who solely becomes an alcoholic due to his brother, Phil's um uh stupid tendencies to like want to have control over george so and so he just treats her like complete shit and then there's something with her son peter and phil and there was a whole like um it was a really solid melodrama i i think that uh there's kind of like this mocking cruelty to it and it deals with like the need for control and secrecy and um like once I once I found out that because Phil, Phil the whole movie is talking about one of his mentors, and the more you hear about his character, the the more you question their relationship. And then it is discovered by Peter that Phil is secretly gay, which of course, and I think this movie takes place in the twenties, which of course, like back then, is was very taboo, so to speak. And and so like Peter finding out about it disrupted Phil's personal ecosystem. And then Phil decides in an effort to control somebody, I'm going to control Rose's son. And then like, he ultimately ends up, Peter ends up killing Phil inadvertently. Well, not inadvertently. Like he, I think he planned it, but um, it, yeah, it, it was, it was pretty solid. It, it was, um, I'd say at times, it, I wouldn't say it's a movie for everyone. I would say like it could be a little bit slow burn and and the setting of it, you know, it's been done hundreds of times. But I, I think um there were some pretty solid points in this movie and I figured it it was gonna be somewhere on my list. Do you think it'll be an Oscar movie this year? I think it has potential. I think that there were definitely moments where I was thinking this is a little baity, but <laughs> but yeah, it, it's uh, it certainly manages to separate itself from like that whole tropey Western lifestyle, so to speak. It, it does it does things that brings a great deal of relatability even to like a modern audience. And I, I could see people talking about this movie for a while. I, I think that it's it, it 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 reminded me. It had notes of melodramas from the past like uh, Magnificent Ambersons, like there were there were elements of it, like internal family struggle and secrecy and gloom and doom that an addiction that like, you know, can resonate with any audience. It's just a matter of can you really pull it off? And, and Jane Campion certainly did, in my opinion. 
So, yeah, I really liked it. <clears throat> yeah, I, I got to check it out. I just haven't had time recently, but I've heard a lot of buzz about it. Yeah, I think it did dog shit at the box office, but that's because <laughs> I mean, like it was more so fair. promoted as a Netflix movie anyway. So it's like, yeah, to be fair, I don't know. I mean, other than Spider-Man, if anything's doing great <laughs> at the box office. So. No, 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 I don't. Yeah, I don't think anything's doing great. It's like at this point, fuck those numbers anyway, because like streaming is great anyway. The studios are still making money. Yeah, you know, it's just a matter uh, a of, like, of back end deals, you know. A lot of the movies on my list that we've talked about, I honestly feel like I enjoyed more because I did get to see them at home. And I don't know if it's good or bad, but I feel like watching it at home kind of like changed my expectations, not not like lowered or increased them at all. But like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I had waited to go see Mortal Kombat in a theater, if I would have enjoyed it as much as just being able to throw it on on a weeknight on HBO. And I don't know what that says about the movie, but it made my list. So I guess I enjoyed it. I think that there is uh, definitely something to be said about that, because I think when you go to a theater, you are locked in, you are committed, you are expecting a certain level of quality in, in some fashion. And to sit through something and have it not turn out great. I think maybe subconsciously you figure you may have wasted your time yeah. and, and there were annoyances affiliated with that trip. And I think that overall dampens your perception of the movie. Whereas at home, it's like you said, you're, you're more at ease. You're like, okay, like I go pee, I could pause. I'm chilling in my room. I don't really have to like be put on edge. And yeah. I think Mortal Kombat is a perfect example of that because Sure, you could argue it might have been cool to see in the theaters, but being able to just press play at home on a movie like that and just have fun, I think it subverts your expectations and you're able to take in all that raw data. So yeah, I, I, agree, I definitely 100%. agree with you on that. Um, <clears throat> now, my um, my number seven, I actually wish I saw in the theaters, uh, which is Dune. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. See, I mean... Again, that's much higher on my list, but sure. Yeah, I would have liked to seen it in yeah. theaters. I just didn't. <laughs> I didn't yeah. have the opportunity to. But um, but wow, wow, like what a yeah. fucking movie! Like th I, this, I'm this hoping is... they'll, I'm hoping they'll put it back out in theaters at some point in IMAX or something that I'll be able to see. For me, it was more just like circumstantial. It was just a period when I could not get to the movie theater, so I, I watched it at home, but. Yeah. Dune. Yeah. Dune Dune is spoiler Dune is my number 1. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. And 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 for good reason. Like Yeah. So I so I haven't read any of the Dune books, but like this was one of the best laid out sci-fi stories I'd ever seen in a movie. Mm -hmm. Like it it it, it you they give you enough to understand even if you haven't read the books and anything left amb ambiguity wise after that you know that there's a level of exposition here you know that there's going to be a part two and there's definitely way more of this story but just from like a cinematic perspective the cinematography was fucking outstanding the audio design was one of the best 
I've ever heard in a movie. So if you're listening, Christopher Nolan, um, <laughs> please learn how to mix your movies. Uh, and I actually, I watched the first quarter of this movie just like through my speakers. And then I realized there were parts of the movie, like certain thuds and certain um, things like that. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this in headphones. And I was blown away. Like, like I made a good decision doing that because like they they did things that a normal audience probably wouldn't have picked up on. I mean, obviously, like if you're going to see it in Dolby IMAX, like it's that you will. But like there were some very technically impressive things in this movie um, that I think surpass eye candy. Yeah, like it was sure. very, very well done for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, this was my number one, so I literally have nothing but good things to say about it from visually no. the script, like the way that they handled like such a dense book and all this lore. I thought they just did a, such a good job. Like, there were just little decisions that they made that were so impressive to me, like even just having everybody speak different languages. Like the Harkonnens have a language, the Sardaukar have a language. Like that's not in the book. They all just speak English in the book. And I thought that was like such a cool way to like separate these people into like their own groups. And it was just like a little decision that they probably made. Obviously they had to like design these languages and everything, but just choices like that were so smart to me. And I loved Timothy Chalamet, as soon as they announced him as Paul, I was excited because I just think he's such good casting. And um, yeah, we don't get like epic sci-fi movies like this very often. And this one was just like, will go down in the history of science fiction movies as one of the best, I think. Oh yeah, I, I 100% agree. And um, uh, Villeneuve does uh, a really so far has proven that um he's got a very good grasp of how to do that i mean even yeah. with blade runner mm -hmm. like all the best sci-fi movies of the last 10 years are his movies so yeah like he like he very clearly has a stranglehold on the genre yeah. and and i'm very excited to see what he does next yes for sure choke, choke me harder choke me <laughs> <laughs> dennis daddy <laughs> Yeah, so that was my number seven. What what did you have? Mine was uh, the Suicide Squad, which we talked about. So yeah, not I, much. Was your favorite that. part Polka Dot Man? Yes, when he gets when his face gets all lumpy. You know, people. I remember reading online that people were not happy with his inclusion, and I'm like, Why? he's such a <laughs> harmless character. Like, yeah, it's well, funny. not like he's Polka Dot Man. He's funny like yeah. like in a movie like especially a james gunn movie there, yeah there's you're gonna have a polka dot man Listen, it's, it's like I thought the it was movie's funny. got a shark man in it and you're upset about the polka dot man come on exactly <laughs> I, and i think the, the whole the whole tragic gimmick of him seeing his mother and everyone like that's just yeah. funny yeah know? it was great it was yeah. great <laughs> i have no problems with i i don't even know what people could be upset about People, but, people being people. Listen, listen. For all you out there, I know movies suck, but sometimes, sometimes we, we can okay. give it a rest. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's, under, not it's understood as a general understanding that every movie's bad, so we can just talk <laughs> about the ones that are less bad. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what was your number six? So my number six was 
Free Guy, which might surprise people to hear that on my list, but it was another movie that, like I said about some of the other ones on this list, I just thought it was so fun that I couldn't not put it on my favorites of the year. It was also the first movie that I saw back in theaters. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was kind of special, but I was not expecting it to be funny. I was not expecting it to be anything but like cringy and it was actually great. And um, yeah, I think I I, I was just really surprised by it. Just seeing the trailers and everything. I was like, oh, this is going to be a stupid movie that's going to have like outdated, cringy, like gamer jokes. And I (laughs) I was going into it expecting that. Yeah, And I was very surprised that it was actually just a really fun, really well thought out movie. Yeah, um, I still I still haven't seen it. But in addition to the all the gamer stuff you were talking about, whenever I see Ryan Reynolds is in a new movie, I, I like. At first, I cringe a little like I and I this comes from someone who loves Ryan Reynolds, like like just friends waiting like i love ryan reynolds but it, yeah. it just like it seems like his um his modern career has just become hire me i'm ryan reynolds and it's like even though he's hysterical even though i love him sometimes i look at the projects he's making and, and i I'm skeptical, especially like free guy. I figured yeah, like cough, cough, red notice, cough. Right. <laughs> I, I figured that I would watch it maybe on streaming, but like I didn't really feel like paying money to mm-hmm. see free guy. But um, I've heard the I'm same sure. thing uh, you said from a lot of people. They were expecting something really stupid and they got some good results especially like isn't this technically a disney movie yeah i was gonna say i'm sure it'll be on some form of streaming soon because disney distributed it i think ryan reynolds his own production company produced it but it was like disney picked it up but uh either way it's got yeah it was really funny which was surprising and yeah it's nowadays like ryan reynolds he 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 plays himself and everything so it all kind of depends on the script that he has to work with. Yeah. Or something like Red Notice was like the most boring, like bland script ever. This one was well written and it was fun. And I think a lot of it was because it was Ryan Reynolds able to be Ryan Reynolds, but like the script was able to work with that instead of just being like, hey, you like Ryan Reynolds. Here he is doing stuff. It actually like had a good story that that he worked well as the character, if that makes any sense, where it's like something like red notice was just like, here's a random script. People like Ryan Reynolds, put him in it. (laughs) This one was actually like a well-written movie. And I think that was very surprising to myself and other people that saw it because it it was pretty well-reviewed, even though people were skeptical. And I think if you haven't checked it out, because you're like, unsure of if it's going to be cringy or like stupid check it out because you might be surprised like i was yeah i mean just after hearing you say that now i'm like okay yeah i'll i will <laughs> sold i will i'll i'll do it now I, disney has to pay me if you yeah come on disney we know you have a dollar <laughs> <laughs> yeah movies yeah, so that was my six what about you uh my number six was the french dispatch yeah which um, i did not see and i'm dying to see yeah i I missed out uh, once again on the theatrical run and I figured I really, really wanted to watch it. And so I, I was able to grab it and um, it was great. It was, 
Obviously, it's an Anderson, so you can expect certain uh, signature stylings. Expect a lot, <laughs> uh, but it was it was really solid. It's interesting the way they play out the story. Um, uh, Bill Murray's well, actually, you haven't seen it yet, so I'll just say that there's intersecting storylines that come out in this final publication of a newspaper, and it's interesting because. Um, like there were staging elements similar to his other movies like Grand Budapest Hotel. But um, it was it was also interesting to see all these stories that didn't have anything to do with each other be presented in this movie as a whole. And I think that in a weird way, it was it almost became like a, like an anthology. Um, but it was again like it's Anderson like there's it was going to be good even if it was bad which of course <laughs> i don't think it was bad mm-hmm. but it was it was um and i wanted it higher on this list but you know same old song yeah. and dance but so how would uh, you say it stacks up to his other movies yeah I, I mean i would say i would say it's very solid there there's obviously some in his catalog i'd argue are a little bit better but that's more like a time and place thing i think what he made happen in this movie was um was oddly special uh and and that emotion of value could really only be understood like once you watch the movie which is why i can't say too much about it uh to you but yeah it, it's if if you like anderson if you like his gimmicks if if you if you happen to enjoy a movie once in a while i would say that the french dispatch would be your movie <laughs> I would say that the French Dispatch is a movie. I would say it is one of the movies, um, <laughs> and and of course the cast is supremely stacked in this one. I mean, yeah, we got uh, Timothée again. Uh, we got Owen Wilson, Bill Murray, Francis McDormand, Tilda Swinton. I mean, you have a lot of people in this movie, and it it, it all comes together very nice. I think Adrian Brody might be one of my favorite <laughs> for, for performances in this one. Mm-hmm. You'll see why. Um, yeah. You got- he was in one of my favorite shows I watched this year called Chapel Wait, but that's unrelated. Um, unrelated? Yeah, well, we I, I feel like... Later. Yeah, I feel like um, if this movie had come out now as opposed to when it did, it would have done a lot better in the box office. I don't know how it did box office-wise, but like my sister, who is not a movie person like I am not does didn't know who Wes Anderson was went to go see it because Timothy Chalamet was in it. And I feel like it was right before people were really going back to the theaters, because if it had come out like right now, I feel like a lot of people would have gone to see it just because he was in it, but that's neither here nor there. So it it did 41.8 million at the box office. All right. So it did. Okay. Which makes sense because it it is Wes Anderson. Like he he is one of the best modern storytellers we have. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I see why. Um, Yeah. Very much a love it or hate it director. I happen to love his movies. So I am definitely looking forward to renting that as soon as I can. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have to be French, dude. You don't have to work at a newspaper (laughs) company. Just like the movie. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that's my that's my number yeah. six. You know, I all guess, right. Uh, now we're entering the top five. The big numbers. All right, yeah. let's go. These ones that I paid more attention to the order, but my number five was Tick Tick Boom, which very much surprised me. I'm not a musical person. I'm not really into musicals, but I really really like this movie. 
And I think 90% of that was because Andrew Garfield was just so good in it. Like this performance of his was one of the best I've ever seen from him. And he just like blew me away. I was shocked when the movie was over, how much I liked it. Yeah. Um, Garfield, who was on my shirt, um, he <laughs> did a phenomenal job capturing what we know about Jonathan Larson as a person. Yeah, and I knew nothing. I didn't even realize this was a biopic going into it. So mm-hmm. if you don't know much about him, you don't have to. Yeah, it's which which is a testament to how good the movie is because it's so strong on its own merits that you don't even need to know the subject matter. But um, for those that don't know, Jonathan Larson was the creator of Rent, which, as we all know, went on to become one of the greatest musicals ever on Broadway. And there's a lot that garfield is able to bring out in his portrayal of larson because larson very much lived a bohemian lifestyle and he was always that struggling artist worked at the moonlight diner he he spent all his time writing he barely had enough money to pay bills and so what garfield was able to do with him was great because he had like those manic highs and depressive lows throughout the movie that were able to be navigated uh, so well and his mannerisms were fantastic and not like i know who larson was personally but just based on what i know about him it, it very much was a love letter to him as a person who spent his entire life struggling and died before he could see his greatest gift to the world actually yeah, which be is realized such a crazy story yeah uh, yeah he died literally like the night before rent opened which is absolutely crazy. Like, yeah, it, especially watching the movie where like you see him working so hard towards like these things. The movie is not about him making rent specifically, but it's about his path to like what would lead him there. And it, yeah. so it's crazy to watch him like him struggling and like, like barely keeping his lights on. And then like rent has become this like cultural icon of a musical and he never even got to see it it's just crazy yeah and and it's one of it's like one of the greater sad artist stories because we yeah. always see this be the case with a lot of people like like picasso you know did not live anywhere close to where he saw his work flourish um and a lot and and this is like a this is a story told through time constantly so with larson it was like it sucks he died for sure but um it's special the way his legacy carried on and especially i am glad that they chose to stick to pre-rent because yeah, it, was, it was an interesting choice because as, as as great as rent can be and as significant as it is to society we knew next to nothing about his development on tick tick boom which was his personal um frustrated response to not being able to sell suburbia his previous play and um to me that's great because when i first discovered rent years ago i went into a deep dive on his life and i saw that there was only a couple youtube videos of him performing a like a workshop of tick tick boom and the audio was muffled and you couldn't really enter so them bringing that to life uh was super special to me because it's like well yeah he created rent and it's arguably one of the best 
plays in existence, but also let's take a look at what got him there. And there was a lot in Tick, Tick, Boom that although there was obviously a grounded reality to it and a relatability that most people are akin to, there was a lot there he was doing way ahead of his time. And just his energy. like He he basically invented like the modern musical. Yeah. And um, his energy is just unparalleled. And I'm glad that we were able to see it portrayed the way it was yeah it's like i feel like under other like leadership this movie would have been about rent but just because people know rent and it would have sold the movie better but i think they it was smart how they chose to focus on what is arguably a more interesting time of his life and that's what makes the movie so good because yeah you could have just made it like oh this is a movie about rent and the making of rent but i i kind of like that it wasn't it, it made it more interesting to me yeah, and um, and with Lin Manuel Miranda being you know such a theater buff, it's like yeah. It However, made first sense. this is his first full length movie he's ever directed, and yeah, I, I was very impressed. I mean, I'm not like a huge like I said, I'm not like a musical guy, but I was impressed. I, I thought he did a great job. I hope he directs more in the future. Yeah, no, and and he really showed because, like, like you said, it 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 took a special person to tell this kind of story and the fact that Miranda figured, all right, we know about rent, but do we really know the guy behind rent? He was the perfect person to give his perspective on it. Having such a passion for the subject matter. Definitely. All right. What about you? What what is your first of your top five? Uh, The first in my top five is Shang-Chi. That Um, is on my honorable mentions. I wanted to put it, but I, I had too many superhero movies and I didn't want it to all be superhero. I know. Unfortunately, looking at mine now, I have three on here, but like, you know what there, it's just what resonated with me the most. Mm -hmm. But, um, with Shang-Chi, I mean, there were, I, I was disappointed by very little in this movie. I mean, um, Simulu, did a great job playing Shang-Chi. Uh, I loved Aquafina, to be completely honest. I, I, yeah, I me think, too. <laughs> I, I think that her responses and reactions to all the scenarios in the movie were real, as opposed to like, hey, rapper slash comedian trying to just like make a funny joke every two seconds. Like it, like it, her character made sense in this movie. Yeah, and she played it. She played the character really well. Yeah, I, the inclusion of uh, Tony Leung Wai who played Shang-Chi's father, who, by the way, is um, one of the greatest actors in, in cinema, really. Um, he, he's done all this work for like Wong Kar Wai, and he has like a very big following overseas. And if you've watched any of his movies, you know why. Like he is, he's definitely one of Asia's like most successful modern day leading men. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's put in his work for sure. Um, and everything else about it, the, the, the culture of it, the action, um, I'm a very big Wuxia fan. So, uh, cause like back in the day, I used to watch Shaw brothers, golden harvest, Jackie Chan, and to see the choreography in this movie really, really get close to what those guys were doing in the past was very impressive to me. And, um, and I think that com- combined with, just my love for anything Marvel really, really made it on this list. Um, it was just so fucking grandiose, 
uh, but contained at the same time. Because like the story, and I, I haven't read any of like the the Kung Fu Master comics. So I don't know the true story. Yeah, me but, neither. But I appreciate that the story was as simple as dark demonic door don't release the creature the rings are <laughs> attached to the power like it wasn't anything super insane that you had trouble following it was just like hey here's the story now let's include some kick-ass action in it mm-hmm. and yeah and and i it, just and loved it's it hard it's hard with marvel because there's been so they've done so many origin hero origin story movies And a lot of them start to blend together. Like there's a lot of the same shit in all of them. And this was one of the few ones that really stood on its own. Like you could watch this movie with no knowledge that it's Marvel at all. And it really doesn't matter. Like it's just a good action movie that happens to be an MCU movie that I'm sure we'll see more of these characters. But like it's not dependent on the Avengers or anything else. It just like exists as a really good movie. And that and that is um something I was gonna comment on is while watching it, I was like, I know it's Marvel, but it doesn't even really feel like Marvel. And yeah, I, you and kind I, of forget. And I and I think that that's um a really strong selling point, like to be able to have a movie that like yeah you don't you don't need to be you don't need to have any knowledge. Yeah, uh, of the subject. It's one like, of the other Marvel movies on my list is the polar opposite of that. <laughs> If you catch my drift. Oh, I, I'd be, I, I pick <laughs> up what you're slinging. Yeah. I, I got but, you, uh, dude. I also liked uh, a lot of the creature design in Shang-Chi was really cool. Like they, they pulled a lot of stuff from like real, like Asian folklore. Like they have the food dogs and like those, the foxes with the tails, like a lot of really cool, like folkloric creatures that again, haven't really seen that in a Marvel movie other than like, the like guardians of the galaxy where you get a lot of different like aliens and stuff. There's not a lot of like creature design in Marvel. And I thought this one had really, really cool creatures. Yeah. um, Between that and, and how close to the culture they were and the addition of the, um, the spirituality and the magic system they included in this, it was really just a nice balance of everything. I remember I was talking with someone the other day and, and, he was telling me like when because obviously I, I was very late to the game on this movie. I just watched this movie a day ago. So um, but I my friend was talking about like when the movie first came out, and he was saying that people had took issue with the CG, and I'm like, it wasn't I thought it was fine. Like you know what? Know. It's it's Marvel, it's MCU visuals. You're gonna get that every time you see an MCU movie. I'm like pretty much past the point of uh judging that like yeah some of the scenes are kind of like boring color wise but like it's an mcu movie i don't see what what complaints there could be about like the quality of the cg if that's what you mean like i don't know know. that's why i i almost didn't believe him i was like what what do you mean there was no glaring issues because it's like a running joke online and everything yeah like all the marvel movies are green screen and like it's all cg and stuff but like i don't know i'm kind of past caring like that's just what movies are like (laughs) you know like i'm not going to judge it based on that yeah um but i I would say that uh usually sequels i'm like i'm like a little bit excited about but this one i'm very curious to see where they yeah where next yeah so yeah that's my number five 
Yeah. So that, yeah, that was an honorable mention for me that I wanted to put, but I didn't want to go too heavy on superheroes. So I know I, I tried not to, but I just couldn't help but love these movies, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. All right. So I'll, I'll, my number four, I am counting these as one movie because they kind of are, but I could pick just one if I wanted to, but I have the entire fear street trilogy in my number four spot. If I had to pick one, I, I think I liked the first one, the best, uh, fear street 94 but to me they're all one movie they count as one movie um yeah though those movies i was it was kind of similar to what we were saying about malignant where like it didn't take itself too seriously it balanced everything well and just made like three really fun slasher movies that connected in the really cool way and it was just kind of like something i had never seen before they did it where the movies came out uh, a week apart from each other so it was like every friday for three weeks there was a fear street movie which i thought was cool i'm surprised they don't do that more with like netflix series because this was through um netflix and it's not definitely not like just a like a a series that they happen to like market as movies they're very much three individual movies that stand well on their own and uh I just loved them. They were great. Some of my favorite horror movies in a while. Definitely one of the better like streaming exclusive movies because I find that a lot of the time Netflix original movies are kind of terrible, but I thought that this one was really good. All three of them. Are they so I still never seen them, but are they based on anything? Like yeah, they're or? based on they're based on an RL Stein uh book series. He has like Goosebumps is like his kids' books. Fear Street is his like teen books. So they're a little bit more graphic, which the movies are insanely graphic. I was very surprised by the gore in these movies because the kills are wild. And I was like not expecting it from <laughs> something based on an R.L. Stein series. But yeah, I wouldn't have thought yeah, that. They're, they're yeah. his like more mature series. And did you um Okay, so you, did you watch weekly as they came out, or did you wait yeah. for all of them? Like, oh, okay. No, I watched them as they were coming out because I was excited for them, and that was fun. It was fun watching them because they did like a little preview of the next one at the end of the one you're watching. So it was like it was fun. It, it was exciting. I feel like which is you know something that you don't get very often with like streaming and everything. Usually it's okay. That was cool. Now I got to wait a year for season two. Whereas this was nice that it was just a movie trilogy, three movies, three weeks, done. Yeah, I, 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 I'm upset I missed out on it when it first released because I intended on watching the first one, and then like the second one came out, and I'm like, oh no, I'm so behind. Then the third one came out, I'm like, fuck, all right, I gotta find a day to like just. <laughs> yeah, watch they, it, so. I, I've watched them a couple times by now just because I they were so much fun and like the visuals are a lot of fun. They're very like 80s, very campy and in a really good way. So they're a great light watch. They're not too serious. But the story at, at the heart of it is really interesting and it's fun to follow along. Because there are three movies that take place in three different time periods, but they're all connected by like this backbone of a story that runs through all of them. Yeah, that's definitely been on my list for a little while. I definitely got to get to that soon. Yeah, but I'm afraid. <laughs> too scary too scared so what was your number four my number four was pig Ugh, i 
want to watch it so bad. And I started it once and I watched like 10 minutes and I was like, I can't handle this emotionally right now. <laughs> I was like, I cannot handle the, the how emotional this movie is going to be. I was not in the right mindset for it. And so I still have not seen it. Yeah, it um, it really fucked with me emotionally, it's, especially at the end when he confronts the main antagonist. But um, it, it, what was interesting is all these Nicolas Cage movies, especially the block of them that have come out in the past five or so years, uh, very, very much are angry, action-oriented Nicolas Cage movies, whereas yeah. this one, it was a little bit more solemn. You know, he he's he was a chef. He was actually like a renowned chef and he turned into like a recluse and he was a truffle hunter. And, you know, that's where the pig comes in because the pig helped him hunt and the pig gets kidnapped. So you expect like, oh, he's probably going to just kick ass the entire movie. And it's not really about that, which which makes the emotional impact of it even deeper because you see this guy who is super fucking angry and then you find out why he's so distanced from society and it gets really sad and the pig is like his last lifeline basically and i want to just cry right now yeah um, see that's why i was like <laughs> i'm not in the headspace yeah. for this right now um but a- another movie similar to malignant where i like didn't know what the fuck to expect going into it and upon watching it was pleasantly surprised because i i kept hearing because I think this movie um, came out like over the summer and then it was more accessible in the fall. Yeah, and it I kept... just recently went on streaming. It's I think it's on Hulu now. It's a, That's where I watched it. And um, and I kept hearing people talk about pig, pig, pig. I'm like, what the fuck is pig? And <laughs> and it ended up being one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah, straight I've up. heard a lot of people saying it's it's his best performance. I would say a perform serious performance wise yes mm-hmm. i i would agree with that um however there's not too much to compare it to because he doesn't do a lot of serious movies but not not to detract from it or anything yeah um yeah because really like the obviously you could talk about like leaving las vegas but it, it's not like that's too obvious like yeah. in the in these more modern movies he does this is definitely it's not as sinister, um, which I like. You know, they kind of like pulled the rug under him as far as that character trait goes. And what he had to work with was um, uh, he did something special with. Um, but speaking of Cage, one, one of my honorable mentions was Willie's Wonderland. <laughs> because, well, I that too. because I had a lot of fun with that movie. Yeah, that was um. It was basically like Five Nights at Freddy's, but with Nicolas Cage. Which yeah, is and, and that's literally exactly what you get. Like, however silly you think that sounds on paper, that's it's how what you get. Yeah. yeah. And and the brilliant <laughs> exactly part, what you're expecting. The brilliant part of that movie is he does not say one word. It's yeah. just literally <laughs> him just beating the shit out of evil animatronics. Yeah. It's so yeah, it is pretty crazy that they were just like, let's just make a Five Nights at Freddy's movie and we just not get permission. So we'll just call it something else. But that's literally what it is. Yeah, it's but um, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, it was it was good. It was I was yeah, it's silly. I, I was I figured, OK, the subject matter will probably be enough for me to kind of enjoy the movie. And then it just turned out to be this badass action hero. And it is it was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. Yeah, like I said, you get exactly what 
you're expecting. So don't yeah. go into it expecting like some incredible groundbreaking movie. It is Five <laughs> Nights at Freddy's with Nicolas Cage. That's the movie. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So that was my number four. All right. Now to the top three. Two of my top three have been mentioned, which were Malignant and Dune. But number three was Spider-Man No Way Home. And uh, I hope that it's not just recency bias, but like, I don't think it is. I mean, No Way Home, we, we talked about it a little bit. It just blew me away. I mean, it, it was, I felt similar to it as I did when I watched Endgame, which was that Endgame took 11 years of Marvel movies to reach this point and like all culminate on this one thing. And that is just, and, and Infinity War, both of them. Um, and that's just like very special and it's not something you're going to get again. And No Way Home felt like that too, where it was like having all these years of spider the, you know, the Spider-Man movies going back and forth between actors and like all of this talk about it, like it all culminating in this movie and getting what you want out of it was just like, I don't see that happening again. I'm sure they're going to try to replicate that with other Marvel properties that now they have the the ownership to again, but like nothing is going to be special like this movie was. Yeah. Um, and that's why I put it as high as I did, which is number one. But oh, uh, you're number one. Yeah, man. Um, but I, I'll get into that when we hit number one because like yeah. there's a few reasons, but um, yeah, but it was just a special movie. Like it was fun. Yeah. I, I saw it in a theater with people who were clapping and cheering and that was fun as corny as it is like it is fun when the theater is like oh that. of course yeah my my yeah. theater didn't even have any of that like like yeah. for like for the reveals i literally heard just whoo i mean my theater my theater went crazy just for like daredevil making a very brief cameo which by the way was cool like yeah it, very cool yeah, yeah just him as the lawyer randomly yeah like, that's cool. it was cool to finally tie in this marvel story that's been taking place completely separate from the movies and be like yeah by the way this is part of this universe yeah just so I you remember we canceled that but yeah it's back. i haven't even watched daredevil and now i'm like shit i guess i gotta watch it <laughs> but yeah it was just it was a fun time it was great seeing all the spider-man actors together again and like they really like did what you like you are gonna get everything you want out of this movie that's how i felt like i walked out of it and there was nothing else that i would have wanted them to include that they didn't i got everything i came for worth the price of admission <laughs> yes yeah the thousand percent everything you just said <laughs> yeah um phenomenal phenomenal movie yeah so but, um, yeah we'll talk about it again when we get to number one but <laughs> yeah what was your three so this top three slot it, it, this I really struggled with this, but I put number three as the Green Knight. Really? Um, that was in my honorable mentions. I, yeah, I struggled um, with putting it on the list. I, yeah, I really, really, at the end of the day, I sat on it more and I was like, yeah, I love that movie. And I mm -hmm. think um, part of the reason was uh, when this movie got announced, I was so hyped at the idea of like, it almost seemed like A24's Dark Souls. Like it was <laughs> like it, yeah. like it was such a it was such an interesting concept. Um, and then they went radio silent. And I was thinking, like, where the fuck is this movie? And then 
they they like hey it's not dead it's actually coming out soon and so um green knight though really it hit a lot of points for me i think first of all dev patel was was one of the best performers of this year like hands down he to see like the true cowardice in his eyes and the way he reacted to each of those tests he went on throughout the film and to see that he struggled with the concept of honor the whole time it all came to light in his body language his performance his mannerisms and i think that that to me was the strongest thing because there were times where from his storytelling perspective you couldn't even tell what was real and what was fake because you see there are scenes in the movie like when he takes the mushrooms for example that's the most obvious one and you start seeing the shit and you're like okay well obviously that's not real and then the the land of the giants um you're wondering what what that was about and i think that like the the art house elements of it and the ambiguity of it and the just good old-fashioned storytelling with a modern medieval twist on it um was fucking great and i know that a lot of people uh which is a little silly to me i apologize but take a little issue with with some of the creative decisions they made that vary from the poem that was three billion years ago um (laughs) i mean to me it's like that's not what the movie was supposed to be and i really appreciate that how at the end of the film you don't actually really know what happens you're led to believe you know he sees the future and how he's going to be like this um this um what's the word i'm looking for like this troubled king like a leader that no one wants and and he sees this future where he's basically burning down with the kingdom he takes control of and you assume that he you know he takes that uh scarf off or sash or whatever that protects his life and you assume that he dies with honor but you don't really know for sure and i think that was a really cool way to play the ending like you don't know if the mother just wanted to scare him into changing his life and that and then he was going to return home with honor you don't know if he wanted to just die because he knows his life was going to be shit so you don't yeah and i i like that you can get a read on that Um, yeah definitely i mean most of the changes from the um poem were just developing his character more like in the in the poem he's not like this like loser who needs to like get his life together he's just a knight on the round table yeah, it doesn't go much deeper than that. So yeah, they did a lot to like really flesh out his character, make you care about him a lot more. Yeah, and I really appreciate that because I, if this was just another night of the round, I wouldn't have cared nearly as much. Yeah, it's not as impactful. It's like because in the story, it's like he just goes, he does this thing like in Arthur's place just because he's one of his knights and that's what he does. Whereas in the movie, like it gives you so much more to that like decision of his which is obviously the entire premise of the movie so it's kind of important that, that we understand why he does what he does so I, I liked all of that yeah and for all you fucks out there it is a christmas movie so <laughs> in, enjoy that meme True. yeah i think <laughs> yeah. the only thing that prevented me from putting it in my top 10 because i did like it i and i know it's like people will say this is a stupid criticism but i did want just a little bit more not action but like i don't know i just wanted him to do a little bit more (laughs) it was my only complaint like if i would maybe add in a scene or two that are a little bit more like 
him on his quest, but that doesn't, you know, I'm not saying that as like the movie's bad because of this. It's just my little tiny criticism of it. Yeah. And that's totally fair. And I think, you know, some part of me would have liked an additional scene of action, but yeah, I mean, the, and I think that most people that um, ground their entire criticism in that are kind of missing the point of his character. Right. But I think it's absolutely fair to want a little more. And yeah, I, I that's why I that. still. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't. It's still in my honorable mentions. It definitely was one of the best movies of the year. So it's not me saying that it's bad for that. Reason. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but uh and uh, and i think that it, it it gives it opens the the one of the real reasons i love this movie is it opens the door for people to try more fantasy stories yeah in in, in a similar vein and yeah I think that and that's I'm excited what, to see yeah that's what i had talked about a lot just leading up to this movie that it was just exciting to see fantasy on the screen again because it's so rare i mean this year actually had quite a lot because it had some TV shows, but for like a big, not big, but a, a a movie like this that is taken seriously and is not just like, you know, another like, can we do what Game of Thrones did kind of deal. And so it was exciting to see an original fantasy movie taking itself seriously and not just like kind of trying to cash in on something. I, we don't get that very often. Fantasy is very, very like, rare in movies in the like post lord of the rings world <laughs> yeah yeah so very very nice very welcoming yeah I really, i'm always really gonna it. support any form of like true swords and sorcery fantasy in mainstream media because i love it so. yeah so yeah that's the green night baby yeah that's so my number two we talked about it was malignant um like I said, I just think it's just a great cult horror movie that I saw very, very like encouraging amount of people rallying around this movie and how weird and cool and different it was. So I had to put it in my top three. I loved it. I'm going to continue to rewatch it all the time because it just has so much that I enjoy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Show, you know. So what was your number two? Was it one we talked about? I hate movies. I don't want to talk about it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. Okay. Uh, Because, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm a huge fan of Jonathan Larson and his work with Rent. And it was something I didn't think we were ever going to see. So when it got announced, I was like, holy shit, they're doing a movie about Larson. And there was just so much there that I, I could continue to discuss. But it wouldn't really uh, do it justice. I mean, Rent, I wish I wish I had discovered Rent when I was young so I could have, like, seen it in action. But, um, you know, I've watched the final Broadway performance on DVD, and I've, I've seen, like, they did that special. They did the anniversary special, which was okay. It wasn't great. But, um, and, uh, and I watched the movie, which not amazing um but the music is some of the best ever like it, yeah. it's and it's um it's cool that they got like the original cast even though they're playing teens and they're like 30s um <laughs> but it, yeah it's uh it's just something that really can't be explained it's it's like it's an experience it's something you feel you know that's that's why i like rent because rent 
some of the characters in Rent are a bit problematic when you break it down, but what Larson did with the music is just on its own is just I I will listen to Rent songs just in my house randomly for no reason. Yeah. It's just yeah. catchy as fuck. And it means a lot too. Like some of those songs are um like Will I is like one of the saddest songs ever because you're you're dealing with um the AIDS epidemic that took place in the 80s and 90s and and the and people waking up not knowing if they were gonna wake up the following day and there there was a lot of terror there and a lot of homophobia and transphobia and you know a lot of those messages are are, are um uh, super rooted in in the heart of rent and it's that's what makes it so cool and special yeah, and i thought also tick tick boom even though it was not about um rent directly it did a good job of showing the things in his life that would obviously find their way into rent later like there's a lot of scenes that you're watching and you're like oh clearly this was the inspiration for this part of rent and they did a good job of like like I said, they could have very easily made a movie about making rent and it would have been very easy to sell and, you know, would just be another like blockbuster biopic, which we get a lot of nowadays. And yeah. I thought they it was very good and very like subtle the way that they did it. And I, I wouldn't change that about it. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a special movie for me. And I I would like to see them, you know, explore even more if it's possible but just what we got was really cool mm. yeah. yeah and i do hope that uh andrew garfield is recognized for his performance when it comes oscar time i don't know but i, I could see it i could see it. they they nominate musicals a lot so i could see it being one of the oscar movies this year yeah and i would have no problem with him earning that one i mean that's mm -hmm. That he definitely deserves it. Um, yeah. All right. Should we move on to our numero unos? They're both I, movies we've talked about already. But we I, believe we about yeah. I believe we shall. Yeah. So mine, mine was Dune. You know, I knew, I knew before it came out, it was going to be my favorite movie of the year, unless it ended up being a major disappointment. Because I'm just a huge Dune fan. I love the books. Yeah. I've read a bunch of them. I was very excited for the movie. Um, as a fan of the books, I thought they nailed pretty much everything. Even the things that they did choose to leave out, I think were good exclusions for a movie to make it more palatable for people because Dune is a very difficult book to read. It is not It is not a, like, I want to dip my toes into science fiction and see how it is. Not the bright book for that. <laughs> so for it to be a movie that's going to appeal to a wide audience who may not be sci-fi fans is a huge task and it's why previous adaptations have not been as well received and um yeah i thought they just nailed it they did everything that they needed to they made it appealing to fans of the books they made it appealing to people who've never read the books which is very difficult to do and yeah. i just <laughs> loved it yeah it's um, there really is something to be said about that because like like I said, I've never read the stories. So I just I only know what I know, which was nothing. And going into it was just like it, it it was there was such like a commanding presence from everyone 
in the movie. Um, I, I really, I really, there, there was really nothing in it that I was like, all right, come on, let's move this along. Cause it can be a slow burn, but it's like, but like, that's kind of the point of it. It was, it was like, it was just a phenomenal telling a faithful telling of which, which I was happy to see that a lot of people who love the stories really enjoyed it because, and how faithful it was. Cause like, it's that could be hard for people to do slash realize. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's great. They were able yeah. to do that. Yeah. It's not one of those movies that hardcore fans of the book are like, Oh, well it didn't do this. So I don't like it. Like even people who, are really hardcore book fans, which I would consider myself one. I have nothing that I would change about it. Like they really nailed all, they nailed the spirit of the book while still having to exclude certain things, obviously, but they included all the important stuff. They set it up perfectly for the next part. I think they ended it exactly where I would have predicted they would end it because it's the book is kind of naturally split in half like that. So it makes sense to do two movies Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they had crammed all of it into one movie, it wouldn't have worked as well. So yeah, I don't, I don't as, think so either. Yeah, yeah. As much as I hate that we're probably going to have to wait two, three years for another movie, I'm willing to be patient because <laughs> I have no idea when the next one's going to come out. I don't even know if they've started production yet. Yeah, who fucking knows? But I will gladly wait for that. Yep. Yeah. All right, so your number one was Spider Man, right? Was Spiderman, Spider Man, which I, which I really, I, I wrestled with this because I was like, uh, superhero movie gonna be number one, but I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. It was so yeah. good. It was, it was, like I've been a Spider Man fan since I'm a wee lad. Like I, I've loved the comics, the Amazing Spider-Man comics. I've loved the video games. I've always loved being immersed in him as a character because he's, I mean, out of all the heroes out there, he's the most relatable. It's Definitely. like, oh, he, he's like this childish nerd who who just wants to genuinely help his friends and people. And yeah, to me, the stories always resonated on a personal level. So when they did this movie and and brought back Garfield and Toby, I mean, it hit me right in the fucking heart. I mean, this entire movie was an emotional roller coaster. From yeah, start it really finish. was. And in a way that superhero movies are not always. Yeah. And and to me, it was genius on so, so many levels. I mean, number one, I'm glad they're giving they were giving Garfield another chance because I, I yeah. feel like I feel like him just doing those two amazing Spider-Man movies did not really see through his full potential. I think if they had done a third one, that's the one that really he would have kicked out of the fucking park and it wouldn't have been critically panned. And I think that would have given the studio a reason to include him more. But the fact they brought him in for this movie um, was significant for a lot of reasons. And like, at that final showdown with all the bosses and when he goes to rescue MJ and, and that whole scene where he's holding MJ and, and she's safe and um really made me tear up legitimately. Yeah. Because that, like, was, that was my favorite part of the movie that I, yeah. as soon as they showed in the trailer, 
a scene of her falling, I was like, oh my God, they're going to have that moment. Like every, it was the one thing going into it other than obviously them being in the movie. But I think by the time it came out, everybody pretty much knew they were going to be in it, even though they yeah. hadn't announced it. But yeah. that scene was the one that I was like, they have to have that scene. That is the one thing I will be upset if they do not include it. And they nailed it. Yeah. And you could just see the pain in Peter's eyes because it's like, obviously he really dealt with a great deal of suffering when Gwen ended up dying in Amazing Spider-Man 2. And it, 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 to have to see that like redemption for him. And even though he can't bring Gwen back, at least he saved this Peter's version of his Gwen. Yeah. So that was really special. And that was a great scene. Um, and yeah, just, and just, just having all three of them together was so cool. Like, I know it was it, amazing. Yeah. Like, like you, you, there's no way I would have ever thought that Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man would be cracking Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man's back. Yeah. Like, like that, <laughs> like this, like this, this, uh, a lot of people might argue, all right the nostalgia and the fanfic uh, aside what's so great but like that's the point of the movie yeah is like yeah, we're, we're bringing this multiverse together and you realize that it, it is all connected we tend to separate things that may be in similar universes but are standalone on their own merits like the toby mcguire spider-man trilogy you know, um, which Sam Raimi did an excellent job, and Tobey Maguire is probably my favorite Spider-Man, to be Me honest. Too. And to see him brought back here with with this growth he experienced, and but still having the same ideals and philosophies his character had was really special. Like when when Tom Holland's Peter Parker was so enraged with Fury after Green Goblin kills his Aunt May. And he goes to fucking murder him with the with the little hover thing, and and Toby Maguire steps in and just gives him that face, like, "Don't do this, man." And like that was super powerful. Like that yeah. was, oh man, <laughs> it was really a superhero movie that was so much less reliant on like special effects and fight scenes and more focused on character, which we don't get very often with Marvel movies. A lot of them are just big you know fight scenes and that's great i i love that too but mm. this was like such a personal story which we we don't get very often with superhero movies it was a very character driven story it was very much about peter parker as a person and the parts about him from these different universes that he needed to come and like help him develop as a character and it was just so cool that they were able to do it the way that they did yeah, man, like just seeing each one of those people come back on screen. Like I literally got chills when I saw Doc Ock on that bridge. I was like, <laughs> yeah, like I said, the theater shit. I was in absolutely erupted at every single character reveal. Yeah. And um, I, I just I man and, and seeing Norman Osborn again and it, I could care less about seeing Sandman, but even Sandman, it was exciting. Yeah, it was just like, like oh, it was just so yeah. exciting. And then, of course, J Jamie Foxx being Jamie Foxx. Like, yeah, it was just funny. Um, yeah, 
But, it's funny uh, seeing people go back and like reevaluate those movies now. The Amazing Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I mean, I I personally I I, I like them a lot. I, I think Garfield's great, but there's just something something about especially number two. There's something about it that like I do want to rewatch them. Um, but like yeah, there's something about it that I didn't stick well with me i there's yeah there's enough emotional punch to it but it, it, it just wasn't like there was something missing yeah i, I think honestly it it's just like a combination of not like like weak writing and i'm sure as with any big movie there was probably a lot of studio interference and i just feel like andrew garfield never really got to shine as spider-man just because yeah. he was not he was great it's just the movies he was given were not as good as the ones that we've seen before or after. So his movies are kind of, they have potential when you watch them, they just don't quite nail it. So it was great for him to come back as that character and get to be in a movie that nails it. Yeah. And, um, and just, oh man, just the, especially that ending where um, I just love that he just, Tom Holland decides like, okay, I think everyone's just going to have to forget I'm Spider-Man. And yeah. and I thought, and like as powerful as that is too, I thought it was also endearing that when he tries to make an attempt to remind MJ of their relationship, he then realizes, well, wait a minute. No, like I'm the reason she ended up getting hurt physically and emotionally. I need to maybe leave her out of my life. And, you know, it's, it was really sad to see that, but at the same time, it was kind of cool to see that Peter Parker kind of revert to, it's almost like the whole series just came full circle because now he's reverted to the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. And I think that that's cool because now that leaves the door open for multiple opportunities and many yeah, options. Endless. In the yeah, the possibilities now with his character are pretty endless. Yeah, we don't know what the fuck happens. So yeah, uh, I just man, it it was a very special experience. Like the memes aside, the <laughs> the blinding nostalgia aside, it was just man it came at the perfect time it just hit hard and it makes me really excited for the future of things yep that's pretty much all i gotta yeah. say yeah. about it i yeah. think that's it for, for spider-man yeah really really great thing um i think we've covered a majority of my honorable mentions um, i had a few that we didn't talk about yeah i i i have a few too which uh I know, I know how you'll probably feel about this one, but many, many Saints of Newark yeah. was an honorable mention. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, I know. I'm gonna. It was a movie I wanted to love so badly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really say, wanted. I'm gonna say this right now. <laughs> it has flaws. It has, it has a bunch of inconsistencies. But I like this is the one movie I'm allowing myself once in a blue moon to blindly enjoy a movie and oh, I, I have chose one. I <laughs> chose one of my honorable mentions it's definitely I chose like I that. chose this one to be yeah. that movie because I am such such a diehard Sopranos fan. I mean I I've been following it since it's been running and I watched it multiple times and just to be brought back into David Chase's universe one more time 
yeah was really cool to me and like yeah there were fucking issues and god i hated what they did with silvio but (laughs) but there but there was still a lot there for me to enjoy and i think like it was not going to be on my list but it was definitely gonna be an honorable mention i'd like to give it another shot i only watched it the one time and i'd like to try it again it was just my my main issue with it was i just felt like the focus was in the wrong place i think that they build it as a sopranos origin story and it's that's not what it is it's about a completely different character that we don't know anything about and that's fine it's just not necessarily what i wanted out of the movie yeah um i i I did a whole episode on this with with my friend colin but uh yeah, there were definitely things I, I didn't mind the focus of it because I've always been interested in Christopher's father. What I did mind, though, is the tension between him and Harold and how nothing really happened with that plot point. There was a yeah. lot, The problem is there were just a lot of plot points that didn't get wrapped up. Yeah. And I think that this would have served better as a miniseries. Yeah, I just yeah, there was just too much going yeah. on that they just didn't have enough time to cover it all. Yeah, a miniseries honestly probably would have been a lot better. Yeah, because there's just there was just way too much going on. But yeah, um, I would say definitely for me personally, an honorable mention. Yeah, an honorable mention for me that is also me allowing myself to just blindly enjoy a movie <laughs> was uh coming to America, coming to america <laughs> i still haven't seen it yeah it's not good <laughs> I it's not but it's like it's one of those movies that i love eddie murphy i love coming to america so i just had a good time watching it yeah it does not need to exist the story does not justify its existence at all but it's just fun and stupid and so i enjoyed it it does not belong on the list of best movies of the year <laughs> does not it, but it, i um fun. I had fun watching it. Man, fuck this year. I forgot that was this year. Oh, my God. Yeah, I I was looking at just, like, lists of movies that came out this year when I was thinking of my honorable mentions, and I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about that. I have to include that. Yeah. Just because I got to have Eddie Murphy on here somewhere. Yeah, I definitely I definitely want to give it a shot. Um, I remember hearing it's, I remember hearing the premise of it, and I was like, oh, that's a little controversial, but, like, it's also coming to America. So, yeah. you know, I, exactly. I'm watch it. It is great as a sequel to coming to America because it's equally as silly and just like dumb humor. But I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, for, for sure. We all get that yeah. one, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you have anything else on your honorable mention? Yes. Um, Bad Trip, the Eric Andre movie. Um, oh, I forgot about that movie. Yeah, well, even well, just now most, you said the name, and I was like, "What is that?" Did, um, because the history is weird with that movie because I think they were trying to do it for years. Like, I think this was originally supposed to be 2019, and then COVID happened, and then I think they did reshoots, and then it finally came out this year. And oh my god, like it's like it was it two of my loves, Eric Andre and the Jackass structure of storytelling like yeah. it was so fucking funny it, it, was it to really me funny. was like it reminded me a lot of watching the original borat like those kind of that yeah. style of movie yeah and yeah. yeah i completely forgot that that came out this year but that yeah that was a fun movie yeah man i had a great time with it like there were i i can't really think of many times i wasn't on the floor laughing it was it yeah. was very funny again not going to be on this list but i had a great great time mm-hmm. with it definitely one that if i if i'm searching through streaming just not knowing what to watch i i'll watch that again 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's a it's good background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, oh well, I had I had Bo Burnham inside on my list because I don't know if I consider it a movie necessarily, but it I was mean, something. I guess it is. Yeah. It was something that I watched this year that I enjoyed a lot, so I, I figured honorable mention is the right place for it. Um, yeah, it was great. A lot. I think it's had a big impact on a lot of people because it just like hit home for a lot of people even though it's supposed to be funny it it was very emotional too and i think it did a very good job of capturing a lot of the things that everybody has been feeling for the past two years at this point so i just think it's a a great great time capsule of like right now you know so it was i have to put it on the list for that reason but i I, I can't compare that to like a movie with like a narrative structure to it. So that's why I didn't include it in my top 10. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. But Bob yeah. Burnham does solid work all around. Yeah. Yeah. What um, about you? Anything else we didn't? So I have, I have a very small list of movies I wanted to love. Mm-hmm. Um, first being the matrix. I was going to say, are we going to talk about the matrix? Um, <laughs> Cause I so, felt the same way. Yeah. So like, uh, I will, I'll preface this by saying I enjoyed it, but, yeah. but that comes at a price because this, so whereas Spider-Man no way home, uh, uses nostalgia and fan service to actually make sense in the plot. The Matrix seemingly starts to do that, but then kind of changes tone. And I think that a lot of the problem, it's almost a catch-22 because where it's good and it's bad is that it is a self-serving simulation story where you know it's the matrix based on the matrix but it never (laughs) ever felt like the matrix to me it just felt like a parallel universe to the matrix where like as much as i didn't love reloaded and revolutions at least they felt like in the same matrix Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah it's a very interesting contrast that this and no way home both came out this year because they're trying to accomplish very similar things and yeah, I think that No Way Home d- succeeds in a very big way, and The Matrix falls short. Yes, it was, exactly. Yeah, I wanted to like it, but one, it was way too long. I don't think it needed to be two and a half hours long. I feel that way about a lot of movies, but this one in particular, like, I don't know. I just felt like it was overly long, and there was just so much going on. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to like it, too, because I do enjoy the original a lot but it just just fell a little bit short for me. Yeah, and and it was, you know, it was cool to see Neo and Trinity back, but like then of course it retcons the ending of Revolutions and but obviously it's the Matrix so they could do that and then yeah. like the whole stuff with the analysts like it's it's not that my problem with the analyst wasn't like oh it's Barney Stinson like I was able I was able to look past that for the most part yeah my, my yeah, problem with the analyst is just like it didn't like it didn't feel as important to me yeah it, like it, it's it wasn't on a level of severity but with all this being said there were there were some cool parts like when they're when they're on the bike and all the people 
dropping out his bombs because the analysts made them like that was a fucking cool shot. Um, so there, mm-hmm. there were cool parts of it, but I, I wanted to love this yeah. movie. It was like I could see what they were trying to do. I just didn't love the way they executed it. Yeah, and and I appreciate that Lana Wachowski made this in a way to grieve with her personal life, but it just, yeah, I just wanted a little bit more out of this. I did like a lot of the very obvious criticism of just the idea of making another Matrix movie. Yeah. Like, they, they there's oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of not so subtle like meta commentary on the just the the concept of making another matrix is very much discussed in the movie which was kind of cool yeah and and i also liked how vulnerable neo was and so there were parts of the movie i liked for sure but yeah mm-hmm. i just i just wanted to like love it just yeah that's why i wouldn't say it was a total failure it just fell yeah. a little bit short for me yes exactly like that's that's the important thing is like it didn't it didn't suck donkey dick it just wasn't no. there wasn't that's all yeah um another one like that for me was uh being the ricardos which was I haven't the, watched that yet. Yeah, so like you know me, I'm a sucker for old Hollywood. I'm a sucker for biopics. Yes. <laughs> so you figure this would be like a five star movie for me, but um, yeah, just like I think Kidman Kidman did a great job at being Lucy in some regards, but also there wasn't a lot of it seemed like. Well, I had several issues with it. The biggest issue I have with it is, um, most biopics usually. Well, uh, I would say a majority of them will chronicle the lifespan of a person Um, in this movie. It very specifically highlights the Red Scare period of her career and how Desi swooped in to tell listeners and watchers like, hey, listen, she marked the wrong box in voter registration. She's not a communist. (laughs) And and so like. Just that alone, it wasn't interesting enough for me to really be invested. I mean, um, I would say like Nicole Kidman definitely, she looked like Lucy, and but there were times where it, it seemed too. She seemed like she was playing too much of a dark, gritty biopic version <laughs> of the real person. There were a lot of moments where I'm like, okay, she's she. she uh, there's a flashback, and she's getting drunk here, and then then she's saying fuck every two seconds and so it's like there's gotta be a level of believability for for me and javier bardem as desi was fine i i liked him but again it just there were there were too many things that ended up getting resolved in the movie that i didn't even care about at the end it was just like oh yeah we tied together the plot that was the movie and then it's like it made me want more mm-hmm. and i'm just like okay like they should have done more framing shot for shot like certain episodes or or like maybe more of her childhood but um yeah i, I just i wanted to love it instead i liked it like it was yeah. fine it was fine it's hard to stack up against her other big performances here in the uh, AMC opening pro- promotional uh, video. So yeah, true, true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, another honorable mention I had was Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder's uh, zombie movie. Oh, okay. I, it was it was fun. It was a fun movie. It's a good zombie movie. There's mm-hmm. not much deeper to it than that, so that's why it was just an honorable mention. And uh, 
The last one I have, which is also one a movie that I wanted to love but just didn't, was the the new VHS movie, VHS ninety four. Um, I love the VHS series. It's a great anthology horror series, but much like every anthology horror movie, it has segments that are incredible. Like the opening segment is one of my favorite horror movies I've seen in a while, but unfortunately the other two or three just weren't that great. So you're always going to get those things with anthology movies. They're inherently hit or miss because you're getting different directors all within one movie. So you might love three of the directors, but if one of them is not good, then it kind of dampers the whole movie for you. So Mm. that's why it's just an honorable mention for me because I loved one segment, but I thought the rest were kind of mediocre. So I still love the series. It just, this one wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. That's interesting. Yeah. VHS as a whole, I've always loved, but I haven't seen the new one. So that's, is that, is that uh for free anywhere or it, I watch it on shutter. I think that's the only place. On shutter, right okay. Now. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I would still watch it cause you might yeah. feel differently about some of the other segments than I did, but I personally just after the first segment, I feel like you could turn the movie off pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, my my last movie that I was so disappointed by was Don't Look Up. I haven't watched it yet. I've heard such mixed reviews that yeah. I, have, I have to watch it just to see what it was like. Like, uh, it was very clear that um, Adam McKay was trying to strike a balance mm-hmm. between comedy and including um this political satire, but also adding a sobering message about humanity into it. And there's many parallels between like how we function as a society, uh, past presidents we've had like Trump, uh, tech billionaires who just care about their pockets. There's a lot there that, yeah, I get what you're trying to say with the message of the movie, but it was so messy it was all over the place. You did not know what the tone of the movie was from scene to scene. They kept fucking recalling really shitty jokes. They kept trying to do this thing where it's like, okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna separate the classes and it's gonna be funny, and then people are gonna talk about the their split views on this comment. And it just it just it like it just didn't work for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I really only gave it. I, I gave it two and a half, but really the one star is because the cast, like, uh-huh. I just, like you know, I like the Caprio, I like Jonah Hill, Meryl Streep, but like, it just didn't, well, it really didn't do much for me. Yeah, I've seen very mixed reviews. I heard, I saw someone describe it as feeling like a overly long SNL skit. <laughs> and I don't know how accurate that is because I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to try to watch off. it. Yeah, I'm going to try to watch it this weekend or something because I'm just I'm just so curious about it. Yeah, it it really is. It's one of the most divisive films, I think, of this year because it's I see some people loving it. Some people despise it. So I'm in the middle of like hate and enjoyed like it's like, (laughs) hey, that's that's where my rating comes into play. But yeah, it's just it was too. It didn't know what the fuck it wanted to be. Mm-hmm. is my problem yeah so. it's always hard when a movie has like tonal issues because especially one like this with such a crazy cast like 
a lot of people are going to be watching it. And if nobody can figure out what the hell it's trying to be, it's obviously going to cause some conversation. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I could tell that Adam McKay was trying to draw inspiration from idiocracy and things of that nature, but it just, man, it was, it was the new Adam McKay movie. I wanted to love it. Cause I, yeah. I, I like Adam McKay, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I think, I think maybe after this one, he, takes a little take break, a break. <laughs> takes a little break yeah so yeah that's uh that's pretty much everything that's, i wanted to talk that's about 2021 so. that was 2021 um that, now, actually a pretty good movie year yeah no it, it, it was very surprising mm-hmm. especially like we said earlier the second half of the year was like yeah boom 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 like hit after hit after hit yeah it was crazy. i think i think a lot of it also is we did get a lot of holdover from 2022 from 2020 that they decided to release this year so it was just like an abundance of movies i feel like every week a big movie came out this year and it was kind of awesome yeah it was <laughs> absolutely insane um yeah do we and, want to briefly touch on tv shows just um like quick yeah yeah we could we watched sure we could we could do that yeah, yeah. Um, i watched the the witcher i love the witcher season two came out that was great um, oh yeah i, I missed out on that yeah, that's sure. why I said when we were talking about Green Knight that there's been other fantasy this year because The Witcher came out and Wheel of Time, which I also watched. Wheel of Time was good too. I like The Witcher a lot more, but Wheel of Time was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, what other shows came out this year? I'm trying to. Chucky. Oh, yeah, Chucky. Yeah, I still haven't finished Chucky yet, but I've been loving it so far. It's one of my favorite shows of the year. Like, yeah, it is... it's awesome. That That is the opposite of what you're saying about don't look up Ch- chucky absolutely nails the tone of chucky yes yes it, it it's everything there i love i i wouldn't have changed the fucking thing about that show yeah it just like nailed it oh uh midnight mass i forgot that that was this year too. midnight mass was that dope. show was fantastic yeah yeah flanagan once again killed it yeah <laughs> big um, shock right all the marvel shows hawkeye was good um loki was good loki was phenomenal yeah was wandavision this year or was yeah. it last year yeah wandavision was amazing i, I loved, loved wandavision yeah yeah so yeah, even um there were a lot of good shows even falcon and the winter soldier which yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think i was gonna like and i loved mm-hmm. it yeah pretty much every marvel show they did this year was good there some were better than others but i would rank them all as being pretty good um yeah. Once we finish recording, I'm going to go watch the first episode of Boba Fett that just came out today. Oh, yeah, I got. Yeah, I'm going to I'm probably have to do that tomorrow because I got the indeed later. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I also I've also kind of been enjoying the new Dexter show. It's, it's I haven't pretty, watched it. It's pretty decent so far. Um, I'm behind, but it's I think I think what they're doing with it, it's it's a lot of similar territory, but it, it is the structure cinematically is different but i think like if you love dexter then you'll like this and um i know people are mixed on the ending of it and i think this probably will overshadow that for some people and it's just overall cool to see michael c hall again because last time i saw him on something was uh that netflix show safe which wasn't that I've great. Never even to heard of it. <laughs> exactly, it got buried. It was yeah. It was okay. It was like one season. It was it was weird to see him back as Dexter's is uh, is great. 
Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah. Another one I wanted to mention was the Netflix show Shadow and Bone, which is another fantasy series. Um, it was one that I saw like previews for and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is just like another young adult fantasy. And that I think that the trailers were just very misleading because I ended up loving it. So mm. if you're looking for another fantasy show, that's a good one too. That came out this year. I think they're already working on season two. So it's coming, but that was a good show. I did not watch Succession, but I know everybody talks about that show. Have you watched it? I haven't either. And yeah, like I literally see everyone talking. It's all, yeah, it's all over. I do. I have not watched it though, so I can't say. Um, yeah. New season of What We Do in the Shadows has been good. That show's great. I really got to start watching that. Yeah, it's so funny. Because I love the movie and I've heard that the show's even better. Yeah. Oh, did you want to talk about Cowboy Bebop? We talked about it a little bit already. In a previous uh, yeah, we, we can. Um, I'm one episode away from finishing it, but um, it, it definitely... The, it, it really is a shame because um, aside from any obvious criticisms like like the like some of that writing is pretty questionable like it seems like a young kid is writing that shit but (laughs) um and i didn't really like the way they did vicious in the show but aside from that kind of stuff it's unfortunate that people were so quick to bash on it because i really think that there were fun parts about it i mean for a live action to get close to the charm of an anime which i personally think it did is next to impossible to do and i think i think it it was it, it it succeeded in that regard obviously like you can't translate everything you want from an anime to a live action and that's yeah. why most of them fucking suck but like at least this one this is one of the best live action adaptations i've seen yeah anime. I, th- I think with anime adaptations they're always going to be jar- judged so much harder than almost any other type of adaptation Oh, yeah, so for sure it's difficult that's why they've been talking about making a live action akira for so long and like i honestly hope they just never make it yeah, me too because it, like that's one that there's there's some elements of it you really could not recreate yeah. properly and cowboy bebop is like a universally loved anime so like it, it i don't think it ever not that i think i didn't watch it so i don't know if it's good or not but i don't know that it ever had a fair shot at being didn't. like well received critically so yeah it was kind of doomed from the start yeah and that's really the shame of it is but i but while it, it is so uh while the original is so critically acclaimed and beloved i i think that there's so much of bebop that lends itself to be able to be adapted like the fact that it is basically a space noir mm-hmm. like like and you can obviously translate that very well but it really is a shame um and I think that uh, Mustafa Shakir as Jet Black is some of the best casting I've seen in anything in a long time. I mean, he killed that role. And I just, man, and even I was able to, you know, by like the fourth episode, I was like, oh, yeah, John Cho's Spike. Like, let's go. Like, he's, you know, he's doing the stunts himself. You know, that all that action is him. And so, like, you know, it's unfair that it wasn't given a chance. Yeah, you know, I it and not to say like I wanted like it to go on for ten seasons, but like it would have been nice to at least see like yeah uh, one more season of it. Yeah, but, <laughs> it got canceled, but it got canceled just... like immediately. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's unfortunate it's, how certain like fan bases and stuff. It's just it's not even worth trying to adapt certain things. 
Yeah, but uh, but but I'm glad I am glad it exists. I, yeah. I think that it was fun. They did a good job in a lot of regards. Um, some of it was questionable, but it, it's it goes to show you like you don't know till you fucking try, right? Like yeah. it's. <laughs> so I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So that's 2021 right there, baby. Hell yeah, movies suck. Movies suck. <laughs> Pretty, pretty sucky Spider-Man. year overall <laughs> oh but, yeah yeah we got some good movies this year though we did and um i'm looking forward to what the future holds yep i guess uh our next episode will be next year holy crap it's wow. gonna be epic well i'm hoping that oscar nominations will come out soon and we can talk about those next time but i don't know when they usually release those yeah, I don't know. I know. I know it's they usually did, like, January, list, but yeah, yeah, it's um, I'm sure in the next couple weeks we'll be hearing about it. Yeah, so maybe that'll be the next thing we talk and, about. And then I could do a mad dash to watch 13 yeah, movies in a to week. To watch a bunch of movies I never heard <laughs> yeah. of. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, this has been the Silver Screen Fiends podcast. I've been your host Sam. I've been Blake, and that wraps up the wrap up show. And we will see you next year. Everyone, have yep. a happy New Year. Yay. Or, you know, don't because next year's probably going to suck as bad. Yeah, so. it'll probably be pretty bad too. Yeah. Oh, no, we'll, we'll develop. We'll be fine. And then we're, nah. you know, not. We're all anywhere. about the positivity on the silver screen. Pink yeah. Screen. Really want you to understand beans, movies suck. Norbit. And also life sucks. <laughs> also, life is bad. <laughs> but at least we have Norbit. Yep. And, and coming to America. Coming to America. How you doing? <laughs> Norbit 2 is getting announced next year. Yo, I I don't even think I would survive that announcement. (laughs) I think my phone, first of all, I'm thinking of how funny that would be. Like, I think our phones would blow up. Yeah. I think I think every living person that knows us would be literally. Did you hear? Literally, I I would have to turn off my notifications. (laughs) People I haven't seen since high school would be texting me. Oh my god, babe, new Norbit. <laughs> um, yeah, so next year, um, and, we, and our next episode we'll talk about like what we're looking forward to next year. Yeah. But but I, I am I am hoping that we will get half as good as the second half of this year in next year. Yep. Uh, but yeah. I think that does it. All right. Uh, I guess we're gonna just um Cancel the show now. Bye. Yep. Bye. Show later. Now come a time when you regret it. Oh, baby, just think what you're doing. I love you is going to drive me to run. After you go, after you go, my money. After you go, let me cry. After you go, there's no denying. You feel bad. You feel sad.